The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Friday with another edition of Grumpy Old Men of Wasaka Beach. <laughs> How about that, Ron Eagle? Well, Bill, I've been called everything else, so I think I suit the move. <laughs> That's funny. That is really funny. This is this would be the first uh, the first program of, of Grumpy Old Men. And, yes, and I hope many more to come. Well, let's let's uh, see what yeah, we can get. if we if we can get some listeners to listen to what we have to say today, then that'll be a great thing. Well, as my wife used to say when I was in hockey, it was the only time she got to shut me off. <laughs> Were you in hockey? Well, for a week or two. Well, tell us what you did. Well, Bill, I think uh, you know, but maybe some of the listeners don't know, but I had a great career for 13 years in professional hockey as a referee. So that's why I thought I was suited for counsel, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> many of nights we needed it. But anyways, other than that... Uh, uh, so you, you were 13 years as a referee. Pro. And you started off with with the WHA, though, did no, you not? Uh, no, I actually started off with the NHL. Oh, and, and you got I, fired. No. Oh. I lost all my marbles when I was a linesman, and then when you lose all your marbles as a linesman, they make you a referee. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, so, so then? So then, um, after five years uh, in the National Hockey League, and my claim to fame was uh, working the game that Bobby Orr scored the famous goal. Oh, yes. And then the next year, I went referee in full-time, and the year after that, I went to the World Hockey Association for eight years. Mm-hmm. And then in 1991, the National Hockey League phoned me up and asked me if I'd come back and train and develop officials, which I did for 15 years till 2004. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was the best job I ever had in my life. And, and where did that happen? Uh, I traveled all over Ontario and all over Canada to all the games. I was a supervisor of officials. I worked in the um, replay booths, and we had the final decisions on anything that happened in the building. And for, okay, when okay, I'm, I'm talking about the school. What was that school ever in Wasaga Beach? Oh, the referee school? Yeah. Oh, that was way back in the 69 when oh. we had the referee school here. Oh. Uh, one of the senior referees that time, Vern Buffy, he used to have a school here in Wasaga Beach that uh, consisted of about uh, 60 officials come to it every summer. And uh, we had five officials from the National Hockey League that worked that. And we stayed in the uh, still down at the sports park, or not the sports park, at the arena, uh, the cabins there. That's where we stayed for uh, two weeks. Really? Yeah, and really? we ran a referee school, and it was sanctioned by the National Hockey League at that time. So, so uh, Wasaka Beach was uh, certainly on the mind of many of the hockey referees that came along. Well, today, they still run their training camp in uh, Collingwood, just outside of Collingwood. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. and they've been doing that now for about uh, seven years now, uh, so it's back in the area again. 
So uh, you say near Collingwood, where, where? I don't know if it's actually in Collingwood, at the top end of Collingwood, or if it's in Thornbury, but it's in between oh, there somewhere oh, very okay. close. Yeah, but okay. I, somehow I want to say that Cranberry's got a lot to yeah. do with it up there, you know, for did, housing. Did you keep any of your striped shirts, by the way? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they clean? Well, I almost wore one a couple of times to the council <laughs> meetings. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, some people wouldn't appreciate it, I don't think. That would, that would have been funny if you yeah. could, if you would have had your whistle, too. I did. I had my whistle out and I polished it up, as a matter of fact. But my charming wife would not allow me to do it. Oh, my goodness sake. Uh, I'm sure you missed your time on council. And, and you had a good run of four years on mm-hmm. council. Um, can you tell us, tell us something about Brian Smith? Working with Brian Smith. Hmm. Well... I've had a lot of people that I've worked with over the years, coaches, general managers, owners of teams. Uh, I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked for a lot of people. Um, Brian Smith uh, and myself, both in 2014, we had a vision for, for Wasaga Beach. Uh, my vision was that, uh, and I canvassed on, we have a main street in this town of ours, and I could never figure out why there was nothing on this street. And I canvassed on that assumption that maybe someday we would have a proper main street. And I always said that a town like this that has a main street that is so fortunate that it goes right down to the water with a beautiful view and everything else, and it's sitting there absolutely useless. Brian Smith had a vision of the beach. Uh, four years, or pardon me, four three to four months after being on council um, the developers uh, we decided to see if they'd be interesting in selling it to us because we knew they weren't going to do anything. It was going to go to rack and ruin and it was going to end up being a slum as far as we were concerned. So we figured that the only way we could do anything was to get it back into the town's hands and let us control our own destiny. Um, I give Brian Smith a lot of credit for being able to negotiate that deal, which I think to this day was probably one of the smartest moves there was because now the town owns it, controls it, and everything else. Um, That was up until the last election. I thought it was a great idea. Um, And I'm saying that with tongue-in-cheek because I'll get to that later. Brian and I had a vision of what we thought this town should look like. Um, Brian is a very, very smart man and thinks everything through. Um, in four years working with him, people think that we were, I would say, we had a lot of disagreements. We had a lot of disagreements, but we could sit down and talk about them and as I always said on council, it didn't matter whether I said it in council or anywhere in the, in the council room, my idea about any council meeting or anything, we were going to stay there until we got it right. And Brian used to use those words all the time. We're going to get it right. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, we did. Um, Brian worked endlessly for this town. People don't know that that man worked endlessly, and I'm telling you, his time that he put in here and on top of that the to do it for for absolutely nothing and give us his salary back to to charity which uh, 
probably never see that again from anybody, especially counselors we have right now. Um, but uh, Brian was in it for Wasaga Beach, and nobody will ever convince me anything else. I don't care what they say on Facebook. I don't care what these people say that have no idea of the integrity that this man has and what he did for the beach. So for them to bash him and bash his family and the things that were said, I think are said by a bunch of no, no more than scumbags. And I don't mind using that word because you know what? They don't know what's good for themselves. And half these people that criticize on Facebook and everything else, including some people on council who make these decisions, have never been outside of Wasaga Beach to see what's going on in the rest of the world. And that's the part that hurts. This place could be, or could have been, especially, and I'm going to say something else, under the leadership of, um, of um, our economic development officer, Andrew, the plan that they put together with Ram was unbelievable. And I think that they would have put us on the map. And what people don't understand, Bill, is that this wasn't costing the taxpayers anything. And I'm sick and tired of going around town now and hearing people say, well, it's going to cost us this and it's going to cost us that and it's going to cost... It wasn't costing the taxpayers a damn dime. What it was doing was it was putting a plan together that the developer was paying for, and he was even buying the property back from the taxpayers. I mean, how gullible can people be? Because you know what? They went out and they believed what they saw on Facebook, and they believed, they believed. Listen, on Facebook, people were going around before the election knocking on doors from these um, I can't use the word people on Facebook that they were actually knocking on doors and saying, oh, why would you vote for them? Only they're going to sell the hydro again as soon as they get on. I mean, how ridiculous can it be? I'll even touch on the hydro thing when it comes to Brian, too. He took an awful rap over that. We did what any good, smart politician would do. He let the people decide whether they wanted to sell Probably if it would have been the previous council or the one that's in there now, they probably just would have went ahead and sold it because they don't have to talk to the, the residents. They just do what they want to do. But in this case, Brian done the proper thing. And he went out, and they were even mad at that because he did the proper thing. He let the people decide what they wanted to do with the hydro. So the council didn't do anything. In fact, in 2014, when they had the nerve to stand up and say that the... the council was going to sell the hydro right in the Rexplex, I stood up and said under no circumstances would I sign the Rexplex but I took the label of everybody else that we were going to sign it but we did the right thing we put it out and let the people decide so then then of course uh, Councillor Silvery Bray at that time come along and called us all a bunch of cowards oh cowards for doing the right thing. And then don't get me going on what I think about integrity officers. That's another story altogether. <laughs> because, <laughs> anyways, that's enough on that. Well, let's, let, let's talk a little bit more about Brian Smith. I mean, you know, you know here is a man who, who became mayor and said that he would 
give his salary back to charity, mm-hmm. and which he did, by the way. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, the Lions Club, which I'm part of, mm-hmm. uh, we received certainly some of that, some part of the mayor's salary mm-hmm. uh, on, a, on a, a, an annual basis we did. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about the man um, who, who, who was running this town quite well. Brian, Brian, everybody thinks, I've heard the word out there, bully. And he is the farthest thing from a bully that I know. He's got a heart of gold. Uh, he does what he thinks is right. He, he never, ever, ever, that I know of, done something on council without consulting all of the councillors. And there was many times when some of the councillors didn't agree with what he was doing, and they didn't mind saying their, their piece. And Brian would listen, not always saying that he would agree, which that's what council's all about. And But I, uh, I can honestly say, and I'll say it to anybody's face, that anything that came out of his mouth, I believed in. And if it didn't, we talked about it. And um, in my four years, I never met a man with more integrity, and I met a lot than than Brian Smith. So, um, what you're saying is that uh, Brian Smith um, should be our mayor right now. Is that correct? Uh, with no, without any doubt, I think that Brian Smith. Not only that, but in the next. In this four years, we would have fulfilled something that Wasilla Beach would have been proud of for the rest of their lives. And it was his initiative that got us on that track. And I honestly feel that that Brian Smith should be the mayor right now. And uh, I'm not going to get into the things of why I think and what happened, but um, let's just put it this way, Bill. There's a lot of irregularities out there. Okay, all right. I think I, the other night at Marlwood Golf and Country Club, there was a meeting, a meeting of the Wasaga Women's Business Women's Business Association. The Wasaga Business Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't worry, we can yeah, yeah. do a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other night at, at Marwood last uh, Thursday, I guess it was, mm-hmm. there was a meeting of the Wasaga Business Association, uh, and uh, it was well attended. It really was well attended. Over 240 over people. 200, uh, over 200. How many? Did you? Over 240. 240. Yeah. A lot of people there. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, tell us a little bit about that meeting from your well, Bill, I think you were there. Did you ever see such enthusiasm? Amazing. amazing. Wasn't it amazing? Yeah. I was absolutely thoroughly, thoroughly, um, not imp- I don't want to say impressed, but I was thoroughly shocked to see that many people come out that had that much interest in what's happening in Wasaga Beach. Um, How the, many counselors were there? Current counselors. Well, as you know, there was only one, I think, and that was uh, Joe Belanger, because um, uh, you wouldn't expect any of the other ones to be there, would you? Because we're trying to do some good. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're trying to do some good, Well, I mean, you wouldn't expect any of the other counselors to show up, would you? 
Okay. All right. right. (laughs) Anyways, um, yeah, it was well attended by by uh, over 240 people. Uh, The guest speakers was. there was a, a few, but uh, the main guest speaker was a gentleman by the name of uh, Giorgio, Giorgio Mamanita. That's hard to say, isn't it? Is. It's, yeah, especially you got a mouthful of gum. <laughs> but any, anyways, the, um, I'll give you a little bit of background about Giorgio. Giorgio uh, moved here. He's owned property in Wasaga Beach for, um, I would say, since the early 60s. Uh, he decided to retire um, last year. Uh, I think he moved up here full-time in January. Um, he um, he was a counselor in Toronto for some 20-some-odd years. Uh, he was also a member of the uh, House of Commons for 10 or 12 years, I believe. Was that like federally or provincially? Provincially, provincially yeah. So he was a member of the Ontario legislature then. Yeah. Right, right. And um, he he uh, noticed what was going on uh, here in the beach, and uh, he was quite concerned um, about a lot of things. Uh, he was quite concerned about the way that uh, council is, is doing things. He's quite concerned about the casino. Um, he's quite concerned about the future of the beach. Um there's been a few organizations, uh, or I should say, people that have tried to get things together to try and find a way to to address these situations. Uh, everybody seems to be a little helter scouted, and everybody seems to be going in a different direction. So, through through some um, people that were either on council before or business owners, um, Giorgio was talking to them and said that uh, we have to get together if we're going to do anything at all. So that was the basis of the meeting the other night, was to try and get a group together that would organize to try to address the situations that are in front of us. Giorgio has offered to um, lead that group. Um, We're in the process right now of uh, putting a committee together. Uh, We're in the process right now of organizing a a ratepayers association, which will include the businesses. Uh, We're having a meeting tomorrow night to put our committee together. And uh, tomorrow night, uh, this being this being a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and this is March no May the seventh, I think it is. It'll be May the eighth at seven p.m. Okay, all right. It's only for invited people. Okay, okay. Um, and from there, we are going to set up um, fund, uh, and uh, the fund is already in in progress. As soon as we get our Ratepayers Association together, uh, the money that's in the GoFundMe account right now will be transferred over to the Ratepayers Association, and they will go towards our costs, uh, if we have any. 
Well, I'm sure that you will have some comments. Oh, I'm positive, yeah. <laughs> now, now the, the, this is called the Usaga Rape it's not, it's not called that yet. That's one of the names that we're proposing. It's called RAP. <laughs> RAP, RAP. Usaga Rape Fairs Association. Action Plan. Action Plan. Yeah. Wow. Wait, Usaga, the Rape Fairs. Action plan. It's and called wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> Good one. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's. Uh, so we'll obviously learn more about this after the uh, after the meeting. And, um, uh, I'd just like to say that uh, after the meeting, um, uh, we will be contacting pretty well everybody by uh, by uh, web. Or by email, yeah. and there will be advertisements in the paper, and there'll be advertisements uh, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody after the meeting tomorrow night wants to contact me, they may do so. If you give me permission to give out my phone, you number. can do that. Yeah, because uh, while I was on council, a lot of people seemed to use it, so maybe they want to use it now for this. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Seven zero five five one eight 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 eight. And uh, I want to say that we need the participation of every resident and business owner in this town if we're going to be successful. Uh, one question I want to ask you, how many, how many eights did you get in your phone number, for goodness sake? Well, I was really going to open up a Chinese restaurant because <laughs> eight's a lucky number, see? But then I decided I didn't know anything about Chinese cooking, so I keep the number anyway. <laughs> Maybe if you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you. Oh, wow. It's a good number that, to have. That is, a, that is an amazing number with uh, five eights in five the number. Eights. I can't believe that. No. When I saw it, I said, God, what's going on here? What's going on here? Ron, I want to talk a little bit about the walk-in clinic, of which you were instrumental in getting going here in Wasaga Beach. So tell us a little bit about the walk-in clinic. Bill, it's one of the proudest things I think I've done. It, uh, I fought for three and a half years. Um, <laughs> they say about red tape in... in, in Politics and in, in government and stuff like that. There, well, if anybody wants to get their feet wet, go ahead and try to open up a walk-in clinic uh, in a small town. Because I can't believe the hoops and loops you have to go through to to get something done. We were very, very instrumental um, uh, in the first part of it. We we went through so many stages. I I, I just I got at times really really annoyed. Um, I also got a, at the end I got very annoyed with the town um, we had uh, almost come to an agreement with everybody I, I worked hard with uh, with different organizations health organizations uh, right up to the Minister of Health um, uh, it was there wasn't one person that told me that I was crazy there was one person they said go ahead do it but nobody would help me. You know what I mean? The only did, time did I went you, to one organization. Did you have any um, any flack from from the doctors? Did they would they did they like it or not like it? Well, yes, that was the biggest stumbling block. I see. Um, I got into a little bit of trouble because I I made a statement about the doctors, um, and when I made the statement, I was honest about it. I have to admit. And the, the statement was, was 
if the doctors would have backed this right from the beginning, it would have been opened up in a week. But there's a gentleman that's the head of the doctors in Collingwood that controls all the doctors uh, under their organization and the Wasaga Beach doctors. If the doctors would have said, and all I asked was, just the Wasaga Beach doctors work the clinic, that would have worked out fine. But they were under the organization of the Collingwood and Stainer, and all under one group. There's 47 doctors, I believe, in the group. They're the same ones that work the hospital and everything else. My argument was, was their practice is in Wasaga Beach. They live in Wasaga Beach. They should look after the residents of Wasaga Beach. Well, they didn't think so. Their attitude was, and I don't want to use the word greedy because it was actually one person that caused all the problems, I, I feel. And his attitude at that time was that we didn't need a walking clinic in Wasega Beach. We got one in Collingwood. I said, yeah, you got a hospital too. Do we have a hospital? Do we have a walking clinic? You got two walking clinics, all on the same grounds. What does Wasaga Beach got? They said, so if you just took the doctors from Wasaga Beach and let them work the clinic, you've still got 30 doctors left that can work Collingwood. How many more do you need? They said, at the end of the day, everybody's happy. Because on top of that, the health center down here, the CAA, I get the name, name wrong all the time, CAA. Anyways, Heather, that runs it down there, was good enough to give us space. There was a, that was a big thing. We already had space. We had the clinic sitting there. All we had to do was man it, and it would have been done. But now we had to get into all these legal problems. And I mean, and, and they were unbelievable about how you can pay the doctors, how you can do this, how you can do that. And it got into a nightmare. It got into lawyers. It got in there, which was, wouldn't have been done if the doctors would have come on board in the beginning and said, okay, fine, we back you. So what happened was, then it caused a strike between some of the doctors because some of the doctors from Wasaga Beach did want it and are working it today, and I'm very thankful for them that they show the initiative to work the, the clinic in Wasaga Beach because it's a needed thing. If they don't think it was needed, why do you think it's packed every night, Madam Mayor? And it is packed every night. And it is packed every night. And, and you have started to- at two days, went to four days, and now it's at six days, and we'd have the seventh if it wasn't for, yeah. we don't have the ability. And, and you have to get there early to stand in line, is that right? That's right. Yeah. I know, I know because I... Well, I'm in the process now. I'm in the process right now. I'm going to be talking to Sandra, who the woman is that uh, that's looking after the clinic, and see if she can extend it now another hour a night because uh, I don't want to see anybody turn away. What, what doctors go in there and look after them? There's seven right now. I think there's seven right now. Seven? Seven, seven or eight doctors. Yeah. So, so, did, I, so I don't they, know for sure because I lost a little bit of touch, but they were trying to get a couple of nurse practitioners too. Um, but as far as I know, the uh, it's it's there's one or two, I think, from Stainer. And the other five are from Wasaga Beach. Maybe one from Collingwood. I don't know for sure. Uh, and then we were looking at uh, to try and get a couple uh, full-time doctors. So were your uh, your doctors from Wasaga Beach? Did they finally say yes? This is a good idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, that was um, that was just before the end of council. 
we finally got that in place. But mm-hmm. it was actually uh, I give it a lot of a lot of a lot of credit to Sandra Thornton, who was uh, I got her from the Lynn, I, a good friend of mine who helped me an awful lot with this, Bob Morton, who was the head of the Lynn, and worked with me diligently on trying to get this in. Um, I head of the Lynn, the Lynn, the corporation. That's the head of the medical association. They're responsible for all okay. the doctors and all payments and everything like that. There oh. with old hip and everything. Okay. Um, Bob, Bob was the, the guy that that got me. Uh, I phoned him up and I was frustrated as hell. And I said, Bob, I need somebody that can get this the final things. They says with the legal and everything else. I says and to organize these doctors because I'm getting nowhere. I says, do you have anybody there that we can hire? Uh, from the Lynn that's either retired or something like that that knows the system backwards, forwards, and is that it? And he says, his phone's be back an hour later. He says, Ron, I got just the lady for you. He says, she just retired three months ago, mm-hmm. and that's what she's doing. Well, I'll tell you, she come on, and she was a pistol. And she, uh, I don't want to say it, but she made the town staff look like they didn't know what they were doing. And at the end, they didn't know what they were doing. I'm sorry I can't mention any names. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Well, I could. I guess one of them anymore. You can mention names if it's in a good good frame. <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. All right. So, is there anything else about the walk-in clinic that you want to say? I mean, like, yeah, I'm very uh, happy. Obviously, you know, people are using it. They're well, that's all that I. That's all that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that the people are using the walk-in center. I'm. I'm thankful that I proved a point that it was needed here in Wasaga Beach. Um, and I still say that we need a lot more. Or we need more extended hours on it, or we actually need actually a bigger clinic. Because I'm always under, uh, I hate the word Collingwood. Because, well, Collingwood's got this, Collingwood's got that, Collingwood's got this, Collingwood. Wasaga Beach hasn't got anything. I mean, if you want me to go on, do we have a legion? Do we have a bowling alley? Do we have a movie theater? Do we have any of these amenities that anybody else has? But they always say, oh, you can go to Collingwood. You can go to Collingwood. I'm sick and tired of going to Collingwood. These things should be in Wasaga Beach. These are things that that people, you know, <laughs> even, don't get me going on the high school. I mean, when I look at a town like... Elmville, it's got 4,800 people and they're just building an addition onto their high school and we're busting out enough kids a day to fill a high school and they won't give us one in Wasaga Beach? I mean, that's just another okay. subject. Uh, yeah, we, Don't get me going we, on that. Okay, we, we, we'll we talk we'll talk about a high school at another time. time. Okay. okay. I want to talk, though, uh, something that is really coming up hopefully, and that is a new arena. Mm. Do we need a new arena? Mm. Mm-hmm. We do. Yes. Do we need it where they're going to put it? No. Where are they going to put it? Well, I guess you probably didn't read The Sun the other night, but um, there's two people's pictures in there. One is Stan Wells, and the other one is Chris Rue. Now, both of them, I'm going to tell you right now, I disagree with 100% on their whole article. And that is... We fought with uh, two people constantly by the name of Nina Biafocci and uh, Sylvia Bray about the arena can only go in one location, and that is downtown. And I, now that council as well, 
we went on a fact-finding trip and went through seven or nine or wherever it was uh, arenas and libraries to try and get ideas about which is the best. As I try to explain to them every time this subject up at council is, if you go to any town or any city outside of Wasaga Beach, you would see that 90% of their arenas are downtown. And why are they downtown? Because that's where people go. When people go to an arena, they want to go out afterwards and have a drink, or they want to go out and have supper, or they want to go and socialize, or they want to go to the library, or whatever it might be. Stan Wells the other night in the paper says that the perfect location for the arena is a sports park. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life is the sports park. We kicked this around in council for two years as they think we had nothing else to do. To put it in the sports park, first of all, there's no no amenities there whatsoever. Nothing. Second of all, there's no services. So they got to run in services down there. Third of all... Services by which... which sewer, water, hydro. Mm-hmm. There's okay. nothing there. All right. Okay. That's all got to run. Now... Getting so, on, so that means the cost goes oh, really high, right? The council has put aside $18 million for an arena. I said no, and I still say no. Dumbest thing I ever heard. The province and the federal government, in every other municipality that I know of, have matched whatever the municipality puts up. So if we're going to put up $18 million, why are you going to build an $18 million arena when you could get $54 million to build something that is worthwhile? And when I say something worthwhile, that arena, as I've tried to tell Chris Ruse a thousand times, but I can't get through to him, that the arena has to seat at least least 5,000 people. One of them has to seat 5,000. And the reason for that is it makes common sense. If you've got a concert... And that means that if you've got a concert in the rains, you move it inside. If you've got a convention, where do you do? You can get conventions. You can get garden shows. You can get anything you want. There, You can get curling bond spills. The tankers. You can get maybe a junior OHL hockey team, which pays for it, which people don't understand. But if you've got it out there in the boondocks, do you think people are going to come here? And do you think they're going to build a hotel down there for an arena? No, but they're going to build a hotel downtown. If you've got an arena that'll seat 4,000 people or 5,000 people, and the government's going to pay for it instead of taxpayers. In, in your mind, is this going to be a double pad? Is it's it going to be a double pad. Double double pad. pad. So, it's absolutely ridiculous to build all build a single arena today. Absolutely ridiculous. You've got to build a two or a quadruple uh, ice plant if you're going to do it. Yeah. So, but so, without so. an arena with it, without seating with it, it's a waste of time. So you have one with seating and one without. Uh, that's right. Is that right? Yep. And the other ones can be used for practice time or it can be used for figure skating. It can be used for anything you want. And the other ones can be used for shows, conventions, track, anything you want, or if you have an OHL hockey team. And many different ways you can look at this. I mean, I even talked to one of the CAOs in another town about this, and they thought that we'd be absolutely crazy if we didn't do it. And I agree. So, so tell me about the equipment needed for a 
a single pad versus uh, two pads. In other words, obviously they can work both of them, can't they? No, no. Um, uh, I was checking into that, as a matter of fact, oh. when I was thinking about doing an outdoor rink uh, in Stonebridge. We were talking about doing an outdoor rink there. Still talking about with Mark Crow. Um, the, the, the refrigeration plant... A refrigeration plant can only hold so much. Okay, so, so it's you might have to have two. Yeah, you might have to have two, but uh, the refrigeration plant itself is not as expensive as uh, see the other one, the, the the dual pad one. That pad might not even be open all the time because no. it, no. it would be maybe lacrosse in the summertime. Sure. It might be ball hockey. It might be ringette. It might be a lot of things in the summertime or even in the wintertime. It might be indoor soccer. Or it could be. Uh, Lots of things that you could use it for, but it wouldn't be used for hockey or skating all the time. So you should have two separate, two uh, separate pieces things. pieces of equipment to yeah. run each. Uh, it, but in, in 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 normal ways, most most of these double pads or twin pads, uh, you only have like one zamboni and stuff like that there because you don't need yeah. more than one thing yeah. like that. But the freezing plant, I think you would have to have two. Maybe not. I I might be a little out of touch on that because it was a long time ago when I checked on it, but. Um, I, I think that uh, with uh, with the twin pads, you'd be better off mechanizing wise to to operate them. Okay. Uh, so uh, we 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 really need it downtown, don't we? Somewhere downtown. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I would oppose uh, anything else. To me, um, I've seen them where they built them out of town, and I've seen the white elephants. I'm talking about bigger. You take San Francisco right now. If anybody walked in this town watched the baseball game the other night, they're building a brand new, brand new stadium right beside the one that they've got there. Okay, next door over in Sacramento, wherever it is, they're making their stadium that seats, I think it's twenty-two thousand for basketball and and everything there. They're knocking it down and moving it downtown because they can't make it economical for people to go out there. Yeah, the same thing happened, uh, I think, in Cleveland, by the way. I was there for the Guns Guns Center. Yeah, yeah. it was called the Guns Arena. And and it's out of town, isn't it? Yeah, it, nobody would go. Yeah, like that's where the Cleveland hockey team played yeah. all the time in uh, in the OHL and yeah. the. Um, World Hockey Association. Yeah. And we have to drive. I thought, personally, when I couldn't find it, it was in the middle of a farmer's field. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Yeah. And uh, so, so tell me, tell me, and I wondered this before, Wasaga Beach has got an arena now, which is sort of useless mm-hmm. in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't we tear that down and build twin pads there? Do we have enough room? Well, if we didn't have enough room there, what's wrong with across the street? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But that, that, that's that, where that, the that, casino was going to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I still think it should go there. But anyways, um, anywhere close to that downtown facility, I can go with. But see, the original plan was it was going to be a hub, and it was going to have the library and the cultural center and, and everything all in one, which was a great idea. And that way, the federal and provincial government would have funded half of it because they'll do go for hubs today, but they won't go just for an arena. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is if they put it down at the sports park, they're screwing the taxpayer, taxpayers out of tons and tons and tons of money for no reason whatsoever. And it's just because the reason she wants it at the sports center is because it was just to go against Brian and the council before because that's where we wanted it downtown. That's why she doesn't want it downtown. That's all. 
Okay. Okay, I think we've we've uh, touched on enough, Ron. Do you think so? Today, but we'll get back at it again. And um, it's been great to do this, you know. I We've been talking about doing a little <laughs> show for a long time. Uh, mind you, 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 uh, uh, you hog most of the show. Well, I'm so. sorry about that, Bill, but... Uh, <laughs> I sort of get a little passionate once in a while. I know. You, know, you certainly do, and that's that's a good thing. That's well, a good thing. that's what Brian used to tell me anyways. I mean, I haven't even got into the MNR yet and everything else. I mean, we've got so many subjects we can talk on. Oh, now. God. Okay. But the washroom's right. on the beach. Well, well, we're gonna, go on you know what? We're going to cut it off today. <laughs> and I'm going to say that that is the end of the first edition of Grumpy Old Men. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bill. Okay. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio, written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. (laughs) 